0: back to link to the cast your weekly dose of video games and nerd culture ephemera available everywhere good podcasts are sold i'm your party host dave ryan and i'm joined by the faithful crew as always on the line first performing prodigy that is mark robinson mark how are you this fine evening
1: uh not too bad it's been a pretty chilled out week of yoga work more yoga and twitch streaming um it's it's a, a life. It's a timeline that I was not expecting to be living at the moment, but it's working out <laughs> right.
0: Such a like Silicon Valley week. It, you know what? It really is. Um, I've even got all you the- were missing was I invented an app as well. But I do have
1: the I do have the wanky ponytail at the moment, so I feel like I've got yeah, I've hit, or I've ticked every checkbox at the moment.
2: No, you need to go vegan and
1: then you're there the whole way. I couldn't do it. Like uh, even being vegetarian is difficult enough sometimes and uh like I I enjoy using eggs and cheese and milk too much to ever go, you know, full tilt.
0: The uh, the only thing I haven't found, because obviously uh my partner is, is vegan now, um, since the start of the year, the only thing I have found very hard to replace is um egg uh milk and cheese there are like acceptable substitutes if you know what to look for um but yeah egg is the one where any of the egg substitute i've worked with is so like it's like they overdo the artificial egg flavor to the point where it turns my stomach cooking it let alone anyone's stomach eating it i mean it depends on what
1: you're using it for like if you're trying to use an egg replacement because you want to have like scrambled egg or whatever yeah they're all just they never work but if you're trying to use egg as a replacement in i don't know like a batch of brownies like there are so many other viable like alternatives that work but yeah. i've never like yeah using having an actual egg like egg replacement for a fried egg or scrambled egg yeah it just doesn't work
0: well i like i used it what i used it for was for um a vegan nut roast uh, where it was needed as kind of like a binding agent basically mm-hmm. and even that like stunk the high end of the thing uh yeah, you from just, a mile you're just away. better off
1: using literally something else like i remember someone yeah. made a
0: batch of brownies once and they
1: used vinegar uh and like you would think well yeah no but you cannot taste the vinegar in the brownies themselves and they it's literally used as a property similar to egg or whatever else uh, yeah, because you you do think that because vinegar is a pretty distinctive taste and a pretty powerful one. Yes, but they're not in the brownies a, at it's, all. It's
2: like hardcore acid.
1: Yeah.
0: Can I just uh,
2: ask, like, egg, um, like chickens lay eggs, right? So, like, why is free range chicken? eggs My egg God! <laughs> like they lay that anyway, surely, right? So why can we not eat those if we're vegan? I mean, I'm not vegan. I don't know. I don't no, know. no, but like, <laughs> before you put this in my door. No, no, I'm just saying. If we're vegan, right? Like, if surely, like, if someone just has a farm and chickens lay eggs anyway, is that still not okay? to ha- I don't <laughs> well, get why it's not okay that's to That's not have-
1: the philosophy of why a vegan doesn't eat like anything. Yeah. The whole point of it is they don't eat anything that comes from an animal.
2: Yeah, but like,
0: it's not like the circumstances stop of how like it comes. Yeah, from farming it. Farming
2: and- like they, it,
0: it's not like you know, if the cow gained sentience and sold them the milk, they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's just point blank whether it was coerced
1: out of an animal or Which not. Which it sounds that. like fucking something from a Discworld novel, quite honestly.
2: Yeah, yeah, but like a chicken would lay an egg by itself anyway, right? Without you know, if it was just living free on a on a, like in the wild somewhere. Yeah. So. We're just not allowed to have that. You, you're, you're we st- I think you're still missing the, you're, the you're fundamental. You're not vegan.
0: You can you can yeah, still you, have yeah, loads of fine. eggs. Jack, don't worry no about no it. No one's coming
1: for your eggs.
2: I know. I just want. I want to understand the logic. I just that, that's what I mean. Like
1: yeah, you're so still like... missing it at like the fundamental level, which is just like I I think it's obviously it's more obvious to understand from the aspect of not taking the milk from a cow because like that milk is for the cow's uh, offspring that that kind of yeah makes i get sense. that one with eggs sure it's a little bit more like huh but i guess you know
0: look you've but seen like, you've seen still, scott pilgrim it, you know how it yeah. works if you're vegan it's you're better it's it's still like you know whether it's free range or not they're still being kept in an enclosure and farmed for their eggs for profit like even if it's a nicer version of that
2: Yeah, i guess so if anything, though, I feel like a chicken has a better life, like on a free-range farm, that would if it was just out in the wild, getting hunted by like foxes and badgers and stuff.
1: True, but then when they stop making money, and then we run into Chicken Run, it's not always.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're joined by also, the wrong yeah, I'm
2: fine. I'm Jack hell. Hell. <laughs> can we <laughs> just? I mean, like, can we just start <laughs> the show again? No,
1: no, 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 not chance.
2: No, but this is all awful. Up to this point, the egg oh, chronicles are saying,
1: You're the one you're the one that pressed on the question, so this is all entirely your fault.
2: <laughs> I honestly was just interested to know, like, what the philosophy behind it was, but I haven't got a clue. Well, you know, we should start another podcast. Like, I'm not saying yeah, that we should, on that I, I'm not actually claiming that that is okay. I'm just wondering, like, what the reasoning behind the thing is if something just naturally happens never mind
0: i go with the personal philosophy that i just don't like eggs
2: yeah some people don't like eggs
0: yeah your boy. i mean
2: they're missing out on a lot
0: <laughs> so how was your week jack bean
2: um i actually haven't eaten a single egg this week just to let you know <laughs> is it because uh, you're vegan <laughs> <laughs> yes I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> i really don't know why i really oh mate um yeah not bad, <laughs> not bad. i've been experiencing a lot of media
0: could you tell we've been stuck inside and we're and it's quite late at night this is this is gonna be a weird cast everybody just strap the fuck in
2: yeah i don't know i feel like i need to take back everything i said even though i didn't actually say anything
0: i think had a phenomenal 90 minutes yeah, no one's going to be upset about this. Definitely not the way they were about Tetris. So anyway, let, let's,
1: let's talk about Chris Benoit. <laughs> <memoir.
2: laughs> oh,
0: it's on the show. Segway, it's on the Segway, if you will. King of the segways, right. Yeah, we may as well get this one out of the way. It's the one thing all three of us have watched. Um, so I, I I can't remember it, before I got on to Jack as myself and Jack have a very close history with this documentary series. And recent history but mark when was the first time you started what did you watch the season one of dark side yep, of the I, ring I, I, or... watched of season one. I watched
1: it within like a week of pretty much everything being out there for season one
0: yeah so I, I i watched all of season one at the time as well and i was listening to the post podcast that they did on them and everything which are really good by the way and there's john pollock did one um this week about the benoit one that's really really worth your while uh <laughs> listening in on it. but um I was just, uh, me and Jack were just bullshitting one night on Messenger, and I was just like, oh, have you ever seen Dark Side of the Ring? Because I'm getting really hyped for this season two coming out, and he said no, and like, I think maybe I got my like, two sentences in, Jack, and you were
2: completely sold on the concept. <laughs> yeah, I, I already started um, finding a way to watch it. Also, I just want to Should point out,
1: Dave, you're like, I'm getting hyped up for season two, getting hyped up for some double homicide and murder, murder suicide.
0: No, no, I'm getting hyped up for the new Jack episode. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ
2: if that episode Uh, isn't three hours long then they're doing it wrong
0: it's the next episode as well so i'm very excited about it but um yeah so it's basically a documentary series that tackles kind of like the dark seedy underbelly and the grim stories throughout the history of professional wrestling and the stuff you're not going to get on a on a glitzy wwe network documentary um and yeah this uh that the season debuted and jesus christ with quite the one-two punch of uh, part one and two of the Chris Benoit story. And I don't think we really need to, um, because I imagine our audience are going to be a mix of people that I already either kind of know what happened with Chris Benoit and the murder suicide of his family, or they're not going to want to be bummed the fuck out 10 minutes into a podcast when they were enjoying all the witty egg chat before now.
2: Um, let's uh, not go back there.
0: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh Jack as the newest comer to the the series what what did you think of of the Benoit story we talked a bit about it after we'd both watched it
2: I thought yeah it was really well done um my first thought is that like this has crossover appeal so there's an awful lot of um you know murder mystery and that true sort crime of true crime and stuff like that that seems to have Punctuated like podcasting and um, Netflix and stuff recently, so it's almost like they can't get enough of that. So I think this kind of being out there for free on YouTube or whatever that they put it out on, the second episode, is pretty handy because it will get people into it to watch it that aren't necessarily fans of wrestling. Like the first season was really good of the show, but I feel like you needed at least a sort of a background in in wrestling. To, uh, to kind of appreciate some of the characters. Whereas this Benoit documentary, I think if you showed it to somebody that had never even heard of any of the people on the show, I think they would find it compelling. And it was just very well done. It's really sad um, detail. I mean, the thing that made me sad really the most was uh, the relationship between him and Eddie Guerrero and then the whole section about how Eddie passed and stuff as a as a sort of a, a sous on to getting towards the Chris memoir story um I found that quite hard to watch some of it but yeah probably a lot of detail on the murders that people might not have expected like pictures from inside the house and stuff like that which was pretty eerie didn't you yeah. think
0: yeah I wasn't expecting yeah. that I think that was the one bit where like I'm hard to kind of shock or anything like that but it was like maybe we didn't need to see that <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. although I suppose this is probably kind of what like I could probably if this was uh like the true crime story of two people I'd never heard of, I probably wouldn't bat too much of an eye because I've definitely seen crime mm-hmm. scene photos in documentaries before and not talk too much about it. But something like the three of us growing up as wrestling fans, I think we feel like we're intrinsically linked in a weird way to this horrendous crime and like the. Like it definitely did traumatize the generation. Oh, uh, yeah. I fans. mean,
1: like I, because you could have done this whole thing under on one episode and just kind of talk explicitly about that weekend with just a little bit of kind of backstory and context to Chris Benoit. But the fact that they did the whole first episode, basically exploring Eddie Guerrero and the relationship with Benoit, and yeah. how that factors into you know the next two years of Benoit's general kind of decline and mental well-being, um, and like for me personally, because I remember vividly where I was when Guerrero died and when Benoit died, and and everything that and the fallout that came afterwards, and I just it, yeah for for me uh, on a personal level. In particular, the the crime scene pictures and just the whole way that 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 is kind of explored and explained, and then the bit where he talks about um, his assistant officer assistant goes into the the gym room and like sees the Miller mirror, mirror kind of silhouette of memoir and kind of puts her gun up to say, "Hey, put your hands up!" and like he'd obviously you know had killed himself at that point. And the way that they have the kind of reenactment and the way that um, yeah. they do the reenactments and stuff where you kind of see the figure that looks a little bit like the person in question. It's it's very eerie. And um, there, there were two moments that really kind of shook me for different reasons. There was that and there was the bit where Nancy's sister and David Benoit obviously having seen each other for the first time in 13 years and they hug and embrace and just try and get out of the system. Yeah, this this hit me like way more than anything from the first series and you know, the first first series had some heavy hitters, but I think a lot of it was before my generation, where this was very much, you know, our generation.
2: Yeah, we lived through this. <laughs> yeah. Like we yeah. saw this day by day. Uh, Dave has explicitly intimate knowledge of the whole case from top <laughs> well, to bottom okay. as I found that.
0: Okay. Out. Well, Jack, that makes it sound like I was there. <laughs> 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 and i wasn't i was 18 i was in the middle of my leaving sir uh, i just need to give my alibi then and there because you've painted a picture um, i've just no, got
2: to hate off myself
0: i i think this was like uh during myself and mark particularly in my case this was literally the week that i properly became uh, invested in the online uh, wrestling community because i literally i was telling jack this the other night like i literally joined the the figure four website the week before this happened so, yeah, like I, I remember because it was a thing where it was such an unbelievable thing that I think people who were online in those days were kind of like reading absolutely everything around it. So as I say to to Jack, like I have details still rolling around in my head about testosterone to epitestosterone ratios from the toxicology report and like various quotes that people said at the time and can recite lines from the, the the debacle that was the the Nancy Grace shows around this and stuff like that from the time because I think a lot of us were trying to just grip onto any solid information we could and and Mark you did hit the nail on the head there that I think this was I think in our age group we were maybe a little too young to be traumatized in the same kind of way by Owen Hart because we all would have been about nine or ten years old and there's kind of only a certain level to which the death of somebody on TV sinks into you at that age.
2: I don't really think you have at that age a clear picture of mortality either. No, unless it
0: has happened like close to you. Directly to you, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But like, Um, you know, wider society sense, I think it's harder for you to conceptualize these big... I, and like I, I even like i
0: had been watching wrestling for about three three and a half years at that point when Owen died and I, I think just wrestling still as a, as a child felt to me like the, a not real world and I hadn't kind of I didn't understand the like the humans behind the characters and things like that in the way I did years later when like I had that sadness a lot of people had for Owen when Eddie died uh, and then like just being that bit older and this situation being that much kind of like more bleak, uh, it was a whole other thing that like, it was such a fucking weird few months to be like keeping up with the news and and being online and things like that. But I thought the documentary was very good. I thought it was a very like, obviously so Jericho is the narrator for season two now, where it was Dutch Mantel in season one. I think Dutch Mantel was perfect for that era of stories. And I think Jericho will be perfect for this one. Yeah, Um, I think as well. Like the
1: the thing with this in particular is, you can tell that Jericho's fingerprints are all over these two episodes, and like he's spoken ad nauseum about this whole thing. He's had his podcasts where he's spoken about it. He's spoken to like the Nowinski and whoever. He did
0: a two-parter with the with Nancy's sister. Yeah,
1: yeah, and Jesus, I mean, can you even imagine? And like, yeah. so you can Apparently tell it's, it's very good. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't doubt this. I don't doubt this. So you can tell that this very much was like a passion project where all of those things are, you know, going to be for a specific niche audience that, you know, listens to the podcast where this is a vice documentary that you, you would hope is going to be um, laid out to a, a wider audience. And you can definitely tell that if this thing was going to be explored and explained that he was going to want to make sure that the narrative was done correctly and and, you know the the guys have been making this obviously smart enough and they would have gone in that direction but he really made sure that the, the
0: kind of boat went in that particular direction. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that, like, you need to come into this with. Like, I think it's a very good humanising story because I think it does, uh, not of him necessarily, it does humanise him in a way where it kind of, like, it, it, it goes down the line of what I think a lot of people, now that we understand CTE more, we kind of understand that this was a person whose head had suffered so much trauma that he had just... He essentially lost his mind and this was not the person everybody knew and loved and people now with a bit of time and distance are starting to be able to detach the two from each other Um, the thing
2: that got me was when they said of the four people that were like athletes before who'd been diagnosed with cte three of them had killed themselves and then one of them was in like they said it was in a car wreck and then they showed it yeah that was horrible as well just seeing like a fucking fiery wreck i was not prepared for that like there were too many punches in this anyway. unfortunately like,
1: unfortunately my brain went to ryan dunn when i saw
0: that but that's a yeah. whole nother story oh god
2: day. yeah
0: the um the the thing about it as well like so for better and for worse as well because like i think it, it it humanizes nancy as well you know and that was the thing i said to jack is like best i really part, appreciate yeah. that they actually the best parts were sorry the two best parts were how they told the story of nancy who kind of gets <clears throat> oversimplified as just the victim in this and not somebody who actually had quite a role in professional wrestling and was her own human being even if she hadn't been in wrestling so humanizes her tells a great story about her and the other thing uh, the other thing that's great about this is Vicky Guerrero basically admitting how thirsty she was for Eddie uh, which <laughs> gave me a good <laughs> chuckle where she's just like you think she's going to tell this little story about how they locked eyes across a room and it was uh, and it was love at first sight but she was just like no he was just a big Mexican guy with long hair and a nice (laughs) ass
2: i am i I actually think of the people directly involved vicky was kind of the star of this thing like she you just saw like the full gamut of all of the emotions from her i think she had the concisest like explanations of of how things happened and how everything went down and yeah um but to go back to your point about Ah, uh, Nancy and a woman is is. I love the fact that it ends with Jericho just like staring down the camera and saying, "Right, she needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame because she deserves recognition for what her career was and not just to be a footnote in this case." Yeah. And watching that, I just think that that's going to put like a bit of pressure on WWE to actually do something about that because that is a bit of an oversight
1: yeah and it's saying i'd never even
0: considered it as well and yeah. you know shame on me for that but like as he was saying
2: well that, i, I don't like, think course, it's I'd... why
1: didn't i th- ever think yeah, of I that?
0: wouldn't i wouldn't say say shame on you mark necessarily i give you the credit that like the, the whole uh media narrative has always been focusing on him yeah of course. Um, and it is tough to think about her without thinking about that what happened um so like that's that's not on you that's just kind of the way the narrative has been for 13 years now but um the the other side of things is like that it is a very friends and family behind and in front of the camera on this one, um because there are obviously things that people who would be familiar with what happened would be looking to see. There are a lot of unanswered questions and weird stuff that happened around the time that they don't really dive into. And if you're the friends and family, like if I was the friends and family, I wouldn't want to either. But yeah, that like that was because myself and Jack got involved in a in quite a long conversation about that stuff, didn't we?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's some bizarre goings on with all, all of the bits and pieces surrounding the case. But I kind of don't think that they needed any of the uh, extraneous info. I just think having this friends and family style documentary was was very effective. So yeah, and I think the only really interesting
1: the the last thing to say is just like you watch that as well, and you you can't not feel for david benoit and oh, God. what he's had to go through and what he will probably go through for the rest of his life and you know he's been training to be a wrestler and fair play for him to to wanting to live out what he loves and he clearly still loves professional wrestling but it's just you think like how the hell does that work in the long term and and maybe there is a happy ending to it but man um like because it's one thing where you had like say Brian Pillman uh, Jr. at the moment, and obviously the, the the tragic death of his father. But you know the the circumstances are so wildly different, and yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, it was it was rough at points watching him try and talk about it.
2: Well, it's yeah, like they and... were saying like because he looks so much like him. Yeah. Like, and that's the hard part. And it's like he's basically persona non grata because he's still here. Like his dad had, did awful, awful things. It's gone. And it's kind of like people probably just treat him like shit yeah. as a like afterthought because of what happened with his dad, which and, which makes it even like 10 times worse. It's hard enough even trying to process what happened yeah. without having everyone be awful to you as well.
0: And he is like he has been attempting over the years to like break into wrestling and things like that. And I think a lot of people share the thoughts since this documentary aired. Like just looking at the guy and looking at what he's been through and everything that like maybe it would be best long term for his own mental health to like just leave wrestling behind. Because I I don't think if I was in his position that I could ever be involved with the wrestling business and not have it like just constantly linked with all that. You know, the worst thing that ever happened to him. You know, it's 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 a real tough. It's a great documentary. It's a fucking harrowing watch. That's for that's for sure. True, um, but yeah, th- thoroughly recommended. All right, um, Disney we, Plus. Let's, let's yeah. <laughs> let's what the I want to get that little one. Bit. I wanted to get that one out of the way straight away, <laughs> <laughs> so that we could talk about good stuff. Um, yeah, Jack. So you were you you beat me to the punch slightly because you were uh, you were already starting to watch Disney Plus when I was just downloading it. So uh, we'll let you head off the pass on this. What do you think of it?
2: i really like it so far it's you know quite easy to use the app is really quick i haven't experienced any issues with the quality of any of my streams um which is good i guess because they kind of had the infrastructure and probably have gone through all those teething problems and stuff like in america and, and, and north america where it's launched way before but yeah I mean, there's so much great content on there. I must confess to everyone, the first thing I did was immediately just start going watching episode after episode of The Simpsons because, you know, I mean, I would say that's one of the main motivations for me getting it, just having access to every Simpsons episode whenever I want to. And the fact that it was like $49.99 for a whole year, that's just incredibly good value. Um, it just puts it out there. And rather than people paying monthly, just straight away, you're like, right, I'm going to jump on this have it for a whole year and then see whether I want to keep it on or not. But yeah, it, it's great. Uh, watched a bit of the Mandalorian. Really like it. It's a bit slow so far, but I'm sure it will pick up where it is. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying my Disney Plus experience so far, Dave. You uh, immediately started diving through and seeing what retro cartoons you can find on there, right?
0: Yeah. Well, that was it. I wanted to, before I even dove into anything, I was like, okay, what, what do we got on here impress me with some deep cuts so i'm loving that they have duck on there i'm loving that there's a bit of Doug on there i'm loving that i've got recess on there uh i'm loving that i've got Darkwing duck the x-men cartoon from the 90s uh, and then i started challenging myself to try and find the stuff that wasn't there that some people might think should be there so obviously we, we were talking about this jack but like they Disney acquired Fox last year, so like there's not a lot of the Fox stuff shy of like The Simpsons on it yet. But like it gets into weird territory then because so Fox do the the X Men films and the Fantastic Four films, um, which now uh, Marvel own Fox, so you or Disney own Marvel and Fox, so you would think they would all appear. Uh, but you've got like the original X Men trilogy and Wolverine Origins and Days of Future Past, but not First Class Apocalypse dark phoenix or the other wolverine movies um or deadpool or uh what else is fox oh they have fantastic four two rise of the silver surfer but not fantastic four one in fairness it could be uh, they're
1: just ashamed to have any of those x-men films mentioned bar like first, hey, first
2: class, class i was gonna
1: one say bar, the best bar, ones, bar, yeah. bar first, first
2: class is brilliant yeah but really, and they don't really have logan can. either that's interesting. Oh, I haven't seen Logan since I watched <laughs> it in the movies. What a great film! Man. But isn't it
1: because wait? Because I I know the whole thing is weird, but were is Sony just Spider Man? Because I can never. Sony remember is just Spider Man. Just Spider Man. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. So maybe the, the, the maybe only could two... just be like there's a, a period of time like contractually where like, I, you know, at some point I imagine Logan will be there in the future, but maybe there's whatever well, time the, deal. the thing. Is,
0: well, you see the thing. I would have thought that too, only for the fact that like Days of Future Past came out after First Class, and Days of Future Past is on it, but First Class isn't. And the same with the other. The James Marigold, the Wolverine, would have come out before Days of Future Past as well. You know, so it is. It like it doesn't seem to operate on the the rules I would have thought. But the only two holdouts. So there's none of the there's Spider Man cartoons on there, but none of the the Tom Holland Spider Man uh, solos, neither of them are on there. Um, and thankfully neither is Venom. I don't think, um,
2: I liked Venom.
0: It was, look, I, I think I said if it was, if it came out in 2001, it would have been my favorite movie of the year, but it's like, it's, it's very that era. Like, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't mad at it while I watched it, but I'll, I'll, I'll certainly endeavor to not watch it again. Um, what was the other stuff so there's like yeah the a lot of the Fox stuff like um, uh, Futurama and King of the Hill uh, which I imagine will probably get added at a later date
2: I mean it's I was probably... disappointed that there was no Futurama I think the, I said to you
0: the thing is like is there because you know
1: how um, Netflix has differences between regions is there a bunch of this stuff that's on the US
0: version that isn't on the European version no but uh, the thing I think is going on with Futurama is that Futurama is on Prime so I think that might time out and come over Uh, well seasons one to four because I think after four is when it went to Comedy Central so then I think Viacom own it like rights are a really fucking head scratchy thing to figure out but
1: like because i'm still thinking going back to what you're saying there about like first class and stuff um like i don't know obviously they're probably not netflix but i don't know if they'll be on
0: amazon or one of the other streaming services and just again there's a timed out thing where it has to just and and you see this is another this is another thing because like timeout is one thing but then like with all the marvel movies and stuff disney just fucking pull that stuff off did it be? they just went fuck it like and got rid of everything like because there used to be like avengers and stuff like that on netflix sure. and they just pulled it all all of a sudden mm. um who knows at the same time yeah so it's like it's maybe they're just kind of decisively going right okay we'll eat the money to like break this contract because we want all the mcu fill up all the avengers movies on and this and that but other things ah oh, look we can nobody is clamoring to get king of the hill so we'll just wait until like that could be on prime or hulu for all i know we'll just wait until that deals up and i imagine there will be because a lot of it is kind of kids and family friendly like uh on there i imagine there will be a wave at some point of stuff for older audiences um coming on there and i say that'll be in there um and a lot of other fox properties as well which will serve that market because like obviously the the kids and the young people and the nostalgia fiends like us are the ones they're attacking in the first wave but you straight know, to recess do, yeah Disney uh, will not want to make some money. They want to make all the money. But something I was actually thinking about the other day is like, Mm. how boss would it be if there was also a Nickelodeon streaming service? (laughs) Yes. I think that would then complete the picture of all the cartoons I would want. Like if we got Nickelodeon and Warner Brothers streaming services, that would be it then for my 90s nostalgia. I'd have pretty much everything then.
2: I've got four words for you. Ah, here it goes. Yeah. because that is what i'd be doing i'd be re-watching every episode of keenan and Kel.
0: you'd be putting the screw in the tuna oh, um, i
2: would be putting the screw in I, I could go for yeah, a
1: platforming service that gives me every single episode of spongebob squarepants and in fairness netflix has a fair amount of
0: it already if i could stream keenan and Kel, saved by the bell um what else animaniacs freakazoid um and a couple of others from my childhood that's me well, happy so then. that's the thing because like animaniacs is warner brothers so that yeah that's what i mean so if we had warner brothers and nickelodeon services is what i was saying yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: if only it could be all amalgamated into one i imagine I mean, that's probably what kind of like well. with the cable industry that's probably where this ends up yeah. like there's everything has its own thing the whole industry collapses and then one giant kind of amalgamates everything
1: Well, hey we the consumer win at that point yeah, I, I, the Nickelodeon one, because I have no idea who would own the rights to Ren and Stimpy, but that is something that I just want to kind of sit down and just kind of... I, I we, um, Me and, and uh, the girlfriend over Christmas, we were just like, okay, show me like the, the obscurest, kind of weirdest cartoons that you've watched as, as a child that I might not be aware of. And the two that I showed her was A, uh, Earthworm Jim... <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> and do you know what i hadn't watched earth from jim since i was about 10 and even by the end of like 20 minutes of it i was like oh, i do not remember but that, that being as schizophrenic as it is um and mm. the other is ren and stimpy which i do remember being as completely psychotic as it is and she just looked at me yeah. and was like and you watched this as a child I'm like yeah yeah yeah
0: says a lot and it's best just to, if she ever asks you about the person who created that show, just to skate we over it. Over I don't know course. if you, I don't know if you know much about John Chris oh, Lucy, no, I, but, do. I do. I yeah,
2: do. Yeah. Real piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: Alas, no but yeah, heroes. all we want is that, um, that just that nineties nostalgia streaming service get like Sabrina, the teenage witch and a few other bits on that as well. I tell you what, uh, there's, a, int-
1: there's an episode for a podcast one day.
0: Oh, I'll tell you what. Oh, don't get me started. I have my Blu-ray, uh, my Blu-ray copy of Batman, the animated series. So I'm good for that. But uh, yeah, get me some other stuff. I'll be diving straight into X-Men, the, the 90s X-Men on Disney Plus. Anyway, that's my my first port of call.
2: For some um, reason, I thought all the Spider-Man movies are on here, but they're actually not. I... No. Uh,
0: yeah, the, the Tobey Maguire ones and the Tom Holland ones. All the, son- the solo Spider-Man efforts are not. Uh,
2: uh, but sad. loads of
0: Spider-Man cartoons are
2: yeah that's true there's a lot of spider-man including the
0: there. 90s one
2: yeah that's a 70s one i've just seen as well
0: yeah the one from all the memes yeah uh, jack you have on the docket here uh you sat down and watched uh one of my favorite movies by one of your favorite directors
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know why it was just a bit of an oversight i'd never seen rushmore um I think it was just one of those things where, like, when I came to Wes Anderson, I kind of came, like, post that sort of period because I didn't really start watching movies until you could kind of download movies off of, like, LimeWire or whatever, like, in the early <laughs> 2000s, hoping the statute of limitations has expired. Not that we have one here. But, yeah, like, uh, so I kind of, like, you know, you get into your Darjeeling and the mids and stuff like that, but I, I didn't really get into anything post then i think when you're younger it's very difficult to have the sort of soul to look backwards like i did it with music but not films so yeah i watch rushmore um which has been on the to-do list for a while which is uh one of the good things about additional time inside you get through stuff and i really liked it it's a really good movie right jason mm-hmm. schwartzman is like a sort of very pale very nerdy teenager and yeah he he was playing a 15 year old in the movie uh, was he like shoot 15 years old at this point because he looked uh, at i'm not entirely sure he was definitely young anyway i mean if he was older than that then yeah it's like a very convincing teen thing um i i very much thought the the english uh teacher that he he uh, had a massive crush on i i felt like that was the sort of role that because of the year it was like yeah. They saw what Mini Driver was doing. <laughs> Mini Driver was unavailable. <laughs> so they got <they> the <laughs> actress who ended up playing Who, who I thought was very, very good in the end. And yeah, it's he, just a fun, he, quirky. He, he,
0: he would have only been about a year or two older than 15. Ah, uh, yeah. He was Mo- like
2: 17.
0: The movie was 1998, and he's only
2: 39 now, so. Yeah, 98. So, like, 97 was, like, the year of uh, of Mini Driver, right? Because she was in, like, Goodwill Hunting yeah. And all sorts of stuff was going on. What else was she in that year? Um out one of our favourite movies, Gross Point Blank Dave. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, what an excellent movie that was. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I kind of enjoy the tete tete section between um him and Bill Murray, like just trying to get one over on each other is pretty cool you know like all of the tactics and and then basically you know bill murray who's like in his 50s and this kid who's like 15 becoming love rivals for a woman who's like late, late 20s early 30s mm-hmm. um played yeah played very well by olivia williams but yeah it did it just it did do you know what i mean like it had all of the hallmarks and like sort of charm of like a a, a very mini driver type role from yeah. around that time <clears throat>
0: And also had a lot of the charm of Wes Anderson before I think he kind of wore his own tropes out for me, because it's like the further he gets on in his career, the less interested I get in him. But I think this was the perfect blend of of kind of like things he is good at as a director and writer before he kind of, I don't want to say disappeared up his own arse, but I, 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 I can think of a few better, like, you know, and it's cool if you if you like the 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 latter day anderson stuff but like you know what i mean it is a lot more kind of film school pretentious now
2: yeah like sort of tumblr-ish in yeah. a lot of ways but i kind of like it i mean it's one of those things where if you if you like the tone of a film you like the tone of a film and and if you have that sort of director who puts their own stamp on everything like we're both kevin smith guys right if you don't like kevin smith's dialogues you're probably gonna hate pretty much all of his movies um and it's the same with wes anderson his thing is just kind of like tone and feel and like a sort of general aesthetic that runs through everything and yeah i think a lot of like cineasts might be put off by his sort of schmaltziness but I, i i've always found it quite good and interesting and twee in a fun way and like you know when you're watching a Wes Anderson movie which is a plus point for me and probably not a plus point for you Dave but Depends. yeah Rushmore like, you know, was I, real good.
0: I, I love this film I love Royal Tenenbaums I love. Uh, I, I like Life Aquatic and that's about it for me I think <laughs> Um. but hey I got, I got what I needed from him have you seen Rushmore before Mark? Uh, no I have not okay just didn't want to breeze on by no, not you, give me yeah, a, just
1: pretty straight over them. i have i have no valuable feedback i can
0: give on this six, six
2: years ago me and Mark <laughs> do the full
0: land storm i have no thoughts or feelings
2: yeah <laughs> six years ago me and mark went on a mandate and we went and ate excellent burgers and then went and watched a uh, grand budapest hotel in stevenage do you remember we did that, do that
1: i do and i very much enjoyed that film
2: exactly and and part of my like i really liked that film but when i saw it again it was kind of a couple of years after you'd moved away. So I think part of it is like, oh, right, this film makes me think of my friend that I miss. So like, I think that's another like attachment to it that I have, but that's my favourite Wes Anderson movie.
0: I, I think it's great the one other thing i watched that I, I just i really need to talk about and i need to like get this out i can't talk too much about it because i think it's better the less you know about it but a documentary series dropped on netflix last week called Tire king have any of you have either of you seen this
1: i've heard like my, my twitter feed has been going mad about it but i don't know what it is exactly like i'm thinking it's some fucking 80s new japan wrestler for all i know jack what about you
2: I I don't know anything other than you were really excited that's all I know.
0: Okay. So, I don't it's one of those it's in the territory where I don't know how you, how you will feel about watching it Mark. I don't know if, if you'll enjoy it. But I because myself and the kinds of documentaries myself and Jack talk often about documentaries so like can, I can pretty much say that Jack is going to love it. Um, I'll be interested to hear about your takes if you do watch it it's seven episodes it's nominally about this guy and bells might ring in Jack's head from a John Oliver segment that referenced him um, he was a guy uh, it's about a zookeeper an independent zookeeper called, called Joe Exotic <laughs> <laughs> who proclaims himself the Tiger King and has like one of the largest privately owned zoos in the United States And essentially, I'm not giving this away because it is mentioned, I think, in the synopsis and at the very start. The story follows Joe Exotic from man who loves tigers operating an independent zoo, regardless of what you think of independent zoos, you know, and zoos in general. He owns one of the largest independent zoos in the country. And over the course of seven episodes, you get from that to a murder-for-hire plot. Oh. (laughs) Okay. And, like, the The show starts off as kind of a rivalry between him and animal conservation people. Um and it got like when I say it, it it ends there. That's that's not what I really. Like it gets there. That's not the ending of it. That's not the point of it. And in the whole seven episodes, roughly every 10 to 15 minutes there is a revelation or a left turn jack that will make you shout what the fuck very loudly by yourself <laughs>
2: watching this okay I, I feel like I'm in I'm it's, not sure why but I'm in do you remember that
0: documentary that was on Netflix last year that was about like the oh, it was like about some guy who befriended the family and like kidnapped the daughter do you remember this one? Oh, yes like,
2: was it called like Oh, what the fuck was that called? Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's that level of what the fuck,
0: but over seven episodes.
2: Oh, man. I, okay, I'll, I'll watch this. Independent Zoo to Murder for Hire. Okay. yeah, Jack, I can't even
0: begin to explain to you how just and I, I i look i i'm gonna put i going to put my chips down and say mark you will like it as well just for the sheer what the fuck
1: I, um, I you know i'm i'm prone to a what the fuckery every now and again and uh i'm just looking at the summary and also looking at pictures and the pictures alone is selling me because i'm seeing some real like fucking las vegas magician type fucking
0: oh, gimmick with this guy oh my god you are uh, you have no idea you have no idea and please, like, again, now that you've got got enough to, to kind of whet the appetite, don't just, look up anything else about it. OK, fair enough. Like, please don't spoil it on yourself. I've seen some light spoilers going up here and there. I went into this completely blind, roaring, laughing, screaming at the TV at various <laughs> points. It's it's just fucking weird. And I, I just, I, I absolutely love it. And I cannot wait till I start getting fever text messages off the two of you watching this, trying to rationalize what you're seeing. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of the, the to- sum total of what I'm watching. I, maybe like at some stage when all three of us have watched it, we could talk about it because then I think we'll be out of spoiler territory.
1: Naturally, there's an article that is 10 wrestlers who could benefit from a Joe Exotic gimmick
0: here's the thing, Mark, as well, and this isn't tipping the cap at all. This is, like, it's it's just, it's a very weird place, but uh, kind of as things on Twitter are reaching fever pitch, as people were starting to watch this and, like, word of mouth was getting around about how weird Tiger King was on Netflix, uh, <laughs> Raymond Rowe, one half of the War Raiders in WWE, former war machine on the independent scene, was like, oh, yeah, I wrestled on an indie show at that zoo once. <laughs>
1: yeah i saw that tweet the other day and i had no context for it but i saw that you
0: just fucking lost it i completely lost it i tagged johnny in it uh bo's johnny who was watching the show at the time and he found the card for the show and then on youtube he found a taping of the show of course of course there's a there's a (laughs) tape of every show that ever existed somewhere yeah so i'm gonna go watch that at some point i think um but yeah oh holy hell um, so yeah, that's that's what we've been watching in, in terms of playing, Mark, you're still dug into Ori, are you? Yeah, I'm coming up, I'm pretty close
1: to the end of the the game now um, there'll be some collectibles and stuff if I want to go for the 100%, which I might do but um, definitely kind of on the, the final stretch now, and about 12 hours in and this game is very, very good, like in terms of all timers of Metroidvanias I think this is an easy top 10. I think it does so much to improve and refine on the original. The one area more than anything else where I think it really tries to uh, improve on the original is like the the general platforming um, Mm -hmm. and really taking you to task to hone down your platforming skills. Like, there are so many areas in the game where you've just got like walls and ceilings of spikes around you. And the game gives you all the tools that you need to, very much in the guacamelee type of way, and I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but it definitely became apparent over some of the harder areas where Ori has the ability to you know, double jump or triple jump, um, has a dash, has uh, a particular weapon that gives you kind of slight upward swipe and momentum, um, there's a particular ability you can use to give yourself kind of a boost um, over a few feet, and you can... Basically chain all of these together to get around the environment and cover pretty large areas of the environment environment without ever touching the ground. And you know, there are loads of other things as well where Ori can ricochet off of enemies' projectiles or there are like particular blue like kind of lanterns that you can use like a, a, a lasso to tie around and then kind of propel yourself even further. And like when you get into the the rhythm of that, and it's almost like you know, like parkour, where it's all seamless. It's very much like that, and it's incredibly satisfying. Um, on the flip side, of that though, the game makes sure that you have to use all of those abilities, and make sure that you're very good at using all of those abilities. So yeah, like between that, between the soundtrack, which, as I said last week, you know, come the end of the year, we will be talking about this soundtrack because I think it is. I'm fucking believable how good this soundtrack is. It is, yeah. It's it's a very very good game. I I've heard some reports that like the the final boss is a bit game breaking. Um, so I'm curious to see how that is. The there are like three. It, it kind of does the the Legend Zelda thing where you have like the first half of the game and then you have the second half of the game with these other objectives that you had to go and fulfill. And there are like three main areas and there are uh, two bosses for these three areas. And they're very, very challenging. Um, I swore a few times. took me about 20 minutes between the two of them. And what I like as well is that because you have all of the... Do you, you play Hollow Knight at all?
0: I have it. I, I, I kind of had bought it while I was playing Cuphead, but Cuphead exhausted me so yeah. much that I was just like, do you know what? Not now. Grand, Fair. <laughs> fair. So
1: Hollow Knight has a, a, a system where you can... Um, have like three or four trinkets at a time but you can extend it over the period of the game to about seven i think um and they have different abilities so they might let you um they might give you like 30 percent more power or you might have 50 percent more power if you're under you know so much health or you can double jump instead of doing a single jump all these kinds of things or like passive abilities like you'll collect orbs and so they can um like change the way that you play the game by the different trinkets that you have and definitely like the game and the weapons that you use mean that you kind of have like attack mode ori or defense mode ori or um uh, traverse like moving around the environment ori all kind of based on the types of tricks that you want to use and it's really cool like you you know it's like you're a tank and you kind of change how you are basically and uh Like, you come straight into one of the boss levels, and immediately I'll go straight in and I'll change the trinkets. so I've got, like, the arrows that are more powerful and spread into, like, spread shots. And I'll remove, like, the option to see secret areas or uh, let me stick to walls because I know I'm not going to need them for that particular area. So it's, you know, it definitely makes sure that you get use out of all of the different uh, trinkets that you pick up. So, uh, yeah, I strongly, strongly can recommend this game.
0: So you've been stuck into this and haven't started on the game. Myself and Jack are about to talk about it. No, you?
1: no. So as I was saying to Jack before we came on the air, the the thing with Metroidvanias, in particular Metroidvanias, is that if you stop playing, if you're like halfway through and you stop playing for even a week or so, it's impossible to come back to it because you're like, okay, what the hell was I doing? What was my last objective? Oh God, I can't do any of the skills that I could do before. So it's been through gritter teeth but i was like i'm gonna sit through and finish this and enjoy this experience before
0: i get to doom eternal yeah probably wise uh myself and jack we've been playing a bit of doom oh um, yeah jack
2: how are you far into doom how are you how are you doing with it so a couple far? hours a couple yes, hours into doom. same as i i um, haven't gone crazy with it to be honest because yeah. number one I are mean, we get into it a bit more obviously but number one it's it's a very intense game and i kind of feel like it takes a lot out of me playing it i don't know if you would agree with that Um, no no
0: it is because it's an exhausting focused frenetic experience and even on like it's kind of like those machine it's like doom 2016 and the um the wolfenstein reboots where like even on what would be considered the the median difficulty it is intense and difficult
2: hard yeah i put it on the media medium median. i put it on the median difficulty and uh, yeah i think so yeah yes and it was difficult like very very tough i was i was finding that you know like particularly i hate arachnotrons so freaking bad man I, but
0: I'll, I'll tell you what. So one of the things I really like about the game, and I have a lot of thoughts on on the game a couple hours in. But like one of the things I really like is that they have thought a bit more in in kind of developing that combat chess idea of uh, using secondary fire as yeah. like basically enemy puzzle solutions. So like different secondary fires on different weapons will be effective against different monsters. And yes, uh, the those fucking spider fucks i i i hate them too but are there there are a few more satisfying feelings than when you're able to shoot that shotgun sticky bomb and land it on the antenna
2: yeah i love the sticky bomb so much by the way i love to see it like even i'll use it even on like a random just like one of those like really low level demons that are just sort of ambling towards you just to see them explode yeah it's real satisfying I think they've
0: thought uh, about a lot of stuff like as well, being able to fire off L one and the frag comes out really quickly and you're able to use it to immediately stagger a Caco demon. It feels like a lot of the enemies are beefed up compared to Doom twenty sixteen. Like, so I, I don't feel like it took that much effort to take down a Caco demon before. But I could be mistaken, it has been four years.
2: What are um, the name of the charging um demons that just that just relentlessly uh, go at you? demons? But the Pinkies. I hate those guys too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've hated, th- those, I've hated those since 1993. In fairness, yeah. Oh god, those are causing me the most trouble by far. It took me a while to understand how the Arachnotrons work, but those yeah. Pinker Demons are just awful. I've got i yeah. got
1: two questions. Um, does you uh-huh. you're talking about the kind of the combat chest thing here and and Doom in general? One of the things that the game has always done very well is it makes you make use of all of your weapons because. Uh huh. Um, All enemies have different types of, like, some are you you need to just kind of circle and strafe. Some you can just get close combat in and you put the shotgun. um, Like, I imagine it does that and, you know, does it more, basically, in this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so Dave, I mean, he'll give you a real more in-depth answer, but... I'm kind of relatively new to the Doom series. I've never really played any of the original PC games, and it wasn't until Doom 2016...
0: Why, why do I you the... wound me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, look, I just never really had that good of a gaming PC at any point during my this life. Is, I still this, don't... Is,
0: this is your version of me not playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Exactly. And I honestly, I have to out.
1: say, like Doom, the original Doom is still very good, but it is somewhat jarring to come to in 2020. Yeah. Like, you can't jump uh, from start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, I, I still think, you know, w- depending on what metric you use to evaluate Doom 1993 now, I still think it's a very functional and enjoyable oh, of, shooter. Of
1: course. It, but it's like, yeah. it's the kind of, like, you play it because it's a gaming historian sort of thing, mm. um, more so than just, like,
0: straight up enjoyment, um, unless yeah. you still have that nostalgia factor. But yeah, anyway. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like they they've kind of they've um, they've made some quality of life improvements to the things. So something I think I mentioned to you before, Mark, is that like so you can use your uh, glory kill to when an enemy is staggered and glowing, you can use your glory kill, click in the right stick and they burst into health drops which is helpful, but the other kind of thing you can do is use your um, you can use your chainsaw to uh, cut a, a weaker enemy open or a stronger enemy if you have more fuel in your, in your chainsaw, and they explode into ammo. Something they've done in this game is that they've color-coded all the guns and the ammo, so if you're halfway across a battlefield, you can see a little purple thing glowing. You know that must be for the plasma cannon. Um, different things like that that just make... Because obviously the whole thing about combat and doom is that if you ever stop moving, you're going to die within a couple of seconds. (laughs) So you need things to be as readable and as clear as possible while you are jumping and running and diving and strafing all over this map. So that's a good quality of life improvement. The other thing they've added is the flamethrower. So you would hit triangle to use the, um, the chainsaw or the square to use the chainsaw, If you use triangle, it you use a flamethrower and it makes them explode into armor. So now there are ways to organically get health, armor and ammo. If you're using your kind of your, your brain in, in the way you're, you're moving around the battlefield. So that's really cool. You really
2: cool. have to train yourself, right? Because so there's, yeah. If you look at your thing, you're like, okay, I need health, which means you have to remember, in that case, you need to kill the enemy with a gory kill. And then, okay, I need ammo, so I need a chainsaw. Oh, okay, it'd be nice to have some armor, so I need to do it. like. And then you've got to think, well, it's this kind of enemy, so I need to shoot him with that Like, And you've got to do all of that processing.
0: Yeah, one Second... thing... Yeah, and and something that's really clever about the level design in Doom. So it, one thing it's kept as well is that the level design is very intuitive, that it looks like a big maze. But if you kind of you can you can pretty well figure out without getting lost where you need to go. There's also you can ping your objective point uh, if you want to. But oh fuck, what was the other thing I was going to say about quality of life improvement? I can't remember. The one thing is so so far and it seems to be a thing that um people do say a lot about this game is oh yes yeah, so another sorry that was i'll go back one of the really clever things about the level design is that pretty much when you finally it clicks in your brain and you start getting into a rhythm they introduce a new enemy or a new weapon or something so you're never quite in a rhythm where the difficulty curve flattens out there's always a significant challenge present in every level that's that's new or, or different yeah um,
2: um, and, so many times in this game they've whipped a new demon at me and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this now? Yeah. Like, and, it feels like it's trying to punish you. Yeah. And they come in waves
0: as well. In more distinct waves than they used to with the old gore nests where it was kind of you'd come into a re- an arena and all the enemies were already pretty much there and you knew who you had to uh, get rid of. But there's like enemies hidden behind like monster closets or behind, around corners. I don't know what that like a couple of times in early levels, I've kind of dropped my guard thinking I've done and stopped moving. All of a sudden, fucking demon is right behind me because there's another wave. So it trains you to do the thing that you should be doing from Doom 2016 as well, is that you don't stop moving and don't stop shooting until the heavy metal music stops.
1: I've, I've heard that the, the levels are maybe just a little bit too
0: long. I so
2: no.
0: I wouldn't say too long. What I would say is the problem with the level design, and it's something this is what I was going to say. Um, it's something a lot of people on Twitter have been saying is that it's a bit too platformy. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of platforming segments, and even early on in the game, a lot of the big arenas are incredible. Did you find this? jack even in the kind of i can't remember what it's called uh something like that there's an early level where it's like all kind of um lava and shit around you it's the first one with all the lava and, and stuff um and it like it, it's just little island little island little platform stuff like that and it just i feel like not that it's lazy but just that it's a little much i mean it sounds right up my street Yes and no, because it's not like you're trying to negotiate platforming puzzles to get through the level. It's that these these platforms are just there in the middle of those big wave after wave after wave fights. And it's kind of the one thing that, like, it it feels like it's like one of those things where you're doing really good in combat. And then all of a sudden you kind of just take one step too far back and you're in the lava. (laughs) You know, it's just like it's just a little annoying in the wrong kind of way um where you just didn't have quite precise enough a jump and from what I've heard everybody say like the more the game goes on the more that is in there and the more wearing it gets to be I mean it sounds like it um,
1: could be a thing where it's it's very much there to break up the pace of the game because um not that it's it's like a common complaint but it's certainly like feedback that there was with doom 2016 is, Outside of a few platforming sections, that game is like from fucking start to finish, just like relentless in the the thing that that game does. And I, yeah. to a certain degree, part of the charm is that it is that. But I, I yeah, I wonder if the the the, the uh, level designers in particular were kind of like,
0: okay, how can we break well, up that pace a bit? See I don't think it's cuz it's it's these are right in the thick of the battle so it doesn't really slow things down at all it just makes the same amount of speed more difficult um as far as I'm concerned anyway I mean it could um, be that they were just playing a lot of quake because quake had a
1: lot of that deathmatch arena where you're moving around but you're also not jumping as much but certainly with the the launch pads that you'd use um right. like the dynamics of how you move around the environment sound a lot more like oh. that but i'll find out for myself when i my pick around playing it
0: yeah like i'm cool with, and and doom 2016 had a lot of that where there were different levels and and stuff like that in different arenas but it's more just like the ease with which you can have like an excellent be playing some excellent doom and then just like sidestep a little and you've just fallen into lava feels a little bit like oh, come on like i even if you have all the different levels of platforms and stuff like that and then it's just floor yeah cool but it just feels like an unnecessary like now you're just being dicks a bit yeah um okay. to try and uh, not to slow down the pace of battles but to slow down the pace of the player getting through the game All right see because in my in,
1: good in my head i had it like the idea that there were these platforming sections that were just the puzzle platforming but it's p- platforming on top of having to fucking you know move and dodge yep. and shoot everything around yes. you cool now, it's kind of are... like
2: you need to learn the dimension so Dave do you think because I know the the lava bit that you're talking about I kind of I died a couple times there I had to learn like when and where to jump and where the spots to land were and you almost kind of don't worry so much about what's coming at you you're thinking about your location a lot more than you're thinking about the demon murder
0: there is definitely a certain element to that but like so far I found it like I'm already finding that particular gimmick repetitive, which is not something I find repetitive about doom. And I like, I don't find the combat chess element of doom repetitive. And that's the first time I've gone, Oh, would you fucking quit it with this? I get what you're <laughs> doing, you know? And by the sounds of it, it's just proliferates throughout the game. Now there are platforming segments that you thought we were talking about the first time, right? There are kind of little combat puzzles to try and traverse the world. And th- those are fun enough. Um, You know, there are different like you've got a double jump and you've got a a kind of like an air dash and you've got uh, there's different surfaces you can hang off of, jump off of. There's like bars that you can swing off of. That stuff, absolutely fine and cool. And sometimes you get into arenas where there are those bars to swing off, which help you traverse around. That's all fine. But I feel like the putting in Flora's lava is just a little bit like uh, that's it's so tired, you know, it's so kind of you're just trying to slow down people's progress now rather than create an interesting challenge because you can create the, the same kind of dynamic challenge. Uh, that Jack is describing by not having that, by just having different levels and having floor on the bottom by making kind of different levels of hazard at different levels where it's still, you can hit the floor on the ground by missing a platform and still kind of negotiate your way out of situations, but it just made it, you're just tactic tactically at a disadvantage and, and things like that. I just think it's a bit, oh, it's, it, it's just a bit wearing for me already a couple of hours in, it, it, you know, it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I, I really like it because it's essentially just more Doom, and I'm always gonna like more Doom. I'm, I'm the Doom guy here, um. So I'm always gonna like it, but um, I, I will see how it plays out by the end. But um, if there are a couple more niggling things like that, it's, it's not gonna be the kind of perfect tight little package that uh, Doom 2016 was anyway. But we shall, we shall wait and see. I, I'm looking forward to getting more into that uh, over the course of this week jack before we get to our final feature you were uh you were playing something else
2: yeah i've been playing a lot of um call of duty Warzone, which is a free to play battle royale game so last year on modern warfare they they had a battle royale mode obviously because you know they were seeing all of the money and acclaim and money that uh fortnite was making and had to get you know what is Probably before that, easily the most popular uh, multiplayer online shooter game of the last decade, would we even say, Call of Duty? Yeah. It was so like, the, a, apart from years in which
0: GTA games came out, it pretty much was the, the top selling game every single year for about a decade.
2: Exactly, yeah. Um. So I didn't, I mean, the multiplayer, like the, the Battle Royale mode on there was good. But it kind of felt a bit rushed and maybe this and that weren't considered. Whereas this, I mean, lads, (laughs) they've absolutely nailed it. It is like, I'm actually annoyed by how much fun I have playing this game. Because, you know, so you've got your, it's just simple. It's free as well to download for PS4 and pretty much all of the platforms. Yeah, and a little team of three. um, And I've been playing it with my mate, um, Matt Biggs. And... Um, just getting another person in our team, and then you've got like a gigantic map to go around and raid it and stuff. And one of the things I really like about it is, if you died like in the in the previous one, or, or like if you just die in general in um, any battle royale game, you're 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 down basically. Someone can buy you back in, or like they can revive you if they get to you before you're fully killed. Whereas this has like a real cool gimmick. So if you get killed. Uh, and not revived you go into this sort of one-on-one little arena matchup in a in a prison called the gulag or the shoe hag as we have referred to it um and basically it's you and another guy playing off against each other and you both have like handguns or something to see whether you can go back into the game so it gives you like a second chance which is really really cool so you know if you die early you're not immediately thinking i'm dead like you think right well i've got a second chance to get back in here and obviously like you can your teammate can buy people back in or whatever. But like, if you pass that, you don't even need to get in. it's just, yeah, it's real good. It's call of duty. And it's one of those things where obviously they're making shit loads of money from additional add-ons and skins and this, that, and the other thing. But for me, the average guy who doesn't really care about any of that stuff, I can just grab this game, pick it up, you know, call up a buddy or two, go in, play the game, and i've not spent a penny on this game and i'm never going to spend a penny on this game and i i just think it's it's really cool um, is, it, and, yeah. is it is it is it cross platform it is cross platform yeah
1: all right cuz i'm i'm guessing there's a pc version of it i might pick it up i might might jump in with a game with you at some point
2: it's just so much i mean <clears throat> i'm not saying fortnite is is um is bad necessarily i, I just it's not for me no that's like, always
1: been my thing with fortnite i just it's not for me like, it's the same with Overwatch. I don't think they're bad games. They're just not for me.
2: Yeah, the, the art style and stuff is kind of cool, but it, it definitely appeals to kids. Um, and I think, like, I don't like the constant, you know, people building, like, panels and towers yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Like, it, I just don't care for that. Whereas this is just Call of Duty. Like, it's the same Call of Duty you've always known, but you have your little teams. You're going, raiding around. You've got, like, a gigantic map with, like, really cool locations. You're finding gear... And it's just, it's just really, it really have, fun. Does it have different maps? Because that's
1: usually the one thing with uh, battle royale is one, usually you're just stuck to one it's, map.
2: It's one giant map at the moment, um, Mark. But there are so many areas of the map that, like, if you through, I've played, I mean, 15 20 games of this thing already, and I don't really know the layout. Okay. Great. Like, I know where things are, but like, if you told me, like, okay, get to this point unless someone marked it on a map i'm not going to be able to get there does it
1: do the thing like you know as you go around the map you can pick up different weapons different things to help you okay right
2: pretty much yeah so everything's just in crates and so it's four and a half grand to buy one of your mates back into the game to help your team um so there's 150 people in the level um and obviously 50 teams so yeah you running around getting crates getting cash getting weapons and they have like five different levels of weapons so there's like your common weapons and then all the way up to like a legendary weapon so exploration and sort of going through all of the buildings and finding all of the weapons really pays off because if you have a better weapon than somebody else then chances are if you're in a close quarter fight you're probably gonna win out because your weapon will have like better armor piercing or be easier to aim and have less kickback and stuff like that so, yeah, and um, there's plenty of, like, because of the, the shape of this map, which is just ginormous, like, there's so many different tactics you can take, uh, and the way the circle closes in and everything, um, like, it really forces you to, to think on your feet and always be planning ahead where you, where you're going in the next game. And it's good it's the communication element like me and matt just you know all right let's go here you know planning where you're going to drop into the level and you know where you're going to go next and you know just being in contact reading through the buildings if someone's getting shot like someone goes to help the other person it's just a really great cooperative multiplayer game i, I can't believe it's free honestly i just think it's such a brilliant thing i mean honestly with this kind of thing and the way battle royals are like
1: it can be free to play they can afford to have it free to play because i'm sure the amount of coin they're making through i mean actually that's the the question i guess like in terms of things that you can buy um like how aggressive are they in presenting you with these things like hey you can pick this up or you can get this or like oh you have these this many points at the moment if you spend this you can get all of this and x amount more like how aggressive is with that kind of thing
2: not massively aggressive to be honest so you can every now and then you get like a pop-up for a battle pass thing where you can buy that and get a bunch of coins or whatever and unlock skins and stuff but just playing game to game just reloading game and, and, and going into it not really noticed it like it's all in sub menus of customization and stuff like that And it's just stuff i don't really care about so i don't really look at it i just want to go online and play shooter game with my friends it's really like fast food it's often like the way i've been enjoying it um it's like when dave describes that he has fifa it will just go and play a game of fifa if he just wants to chill out or whatever because it's you know just a very quick easy thing to get into and this is like a real kind of junk food equivalent of a shooter game and I, I, i just love it i'm as i say i'm actually shocked and almost irritated by how much i've been enjoying call of duty warzone this week
1: okay i definitely think i'll join you for a game at some point i'll uh, i'll get that downloaded we can have a look at it yeah man
2: time. come into it it's uh it's a lot of fun and and graphically i think it's really good as well it's it definitely on another level to Fortnite.
0: now uh we have a new feature that we're going to be trialing on the show that's going to be our closing feature going forward um a, a little bit of a game show if you will uh with a revolving host uh amongst the three of us and the two others competing uh to explain what the game is and how it will operate i'm going to hand over to this week's quizmaster, jack lazel
2: thank you thank you very much <sighs> <laughs> yeah i'm taking so, off <laughs> how do you know i'm not nude right now son <laughs> i'm not um Basically, uh, I think the the layout of the quiz today. Like, I don't necessarily think we have to stick to a rigid format of how we're going to do the quiz. So, like, if if anyone has any cool suggestions, you might be listening to the show, let us know. Um, but how the quiz works today. So, there's going to be ten questions. So each question has four cryptic clues about a video game. So the first question. Is very difficult and if you get that right you get four points second question is worth three third question is worth two final <coughs> question is one and if you don't get it on all four i'm going to tell you what platforms the game came out on and you get half a point point. and if you don't get it after that then nothing basically um but yeah so there's ten questions and what i'm going to do is each round after each clue you both get a guess and we're going to rotate that. So first, Dave gets a guest at Mark uh, and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. Okay, so I've got an example question here. If you guys want to do the example question just to get into it, um, just to what get a feel that? for how I've what set it up. <laughs> okay, so for the example question, right, so clue number one. Um, who wants to go first on the example question, by the way?
1: I'll give it uh, to Dave.
2: Okay. Yeah, okay. Clue number one, okay. The setting of this game has a biblical theme that's a lot of dead air dave (laughs) is it is it saints row 4
0: get out of hell it's it's not it's not mark i'd say you you would have had your socks knocked
2: off if i got that. i would have been yeah that would have been crazy Uh,
1: i can't remember enough about the game to know how much is in there but i'll say far cry 5
2: no good guess though you're, okay. you're,
0: try- you're trying to play the man instead of playing the questions here.
2: <laughs> oh, you got yeah. to remember some of these are a little cryptic as well, okay? Yeah. And yeah. you realise why. So, question two. Lots of the game's antagonists have animal-themed names.
1: Okay, and now just to clarify, there's, is it, like, Dave will go again first or I'll go again first?
2: Yeah, because yeah, okay. okay. it's basically, like, so the advantage for each person, so yeah. Okay. Hmm.
0: Is a Diddy Kong racing?
2: It is not. Mark?
1: Biblical themed and the characters have animal themed names.
2: Yeah, the setting of the game. So the first thing listen to, like, so the setting of the game has a biblical theme. Uh huh. Right? Again, think cryptically. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm,
1: I can see, like, how
0: it. Yeah, yeah okay. Now, now, Quizmaster, might I ask you a question here? Yes. Ha- have you prepared this quiz? Oh, fully aware that we're idiots
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because but so what i've done <laughs> oh oh you have <laughs> no of course not.
1: i'm i'm gonna pass and we'll move on to the, the the next uh clue
2: okay so okay number three this game can be played aggressively but it favors a more considered approach What sort of game is it? Dark Souls. No, very much no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jesus Christ! I I have nothing. I I have. Okay.
2: Fuck. So the last one is the main character stays in touch with his orders via an in ear communication device. Oh right, okay.
0: Isn't it Metal Gear Solid?
2: It is. Biblical theme. It takes place in Shadow Moses. Lots of the antagonists <laughs> have animal related names.
1: Revolver, Dave, you got Ocelot, that one.
2: Vulcan, Raven. I really should. Game can be played aggressively, but favors a more considered approach. Stealth. Yeah. And uh, the main character stays in touch. Yeah, All made right. it easy. So okay. you guys get All the. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What I'm going to do now is open the notes, and I'm going to take a note of the points. And um, we're going to see, and I am uh, i don't know if you guys don't want me to update you on the points or whatever. I think I'll do that, like, when we get to the last two questions as to how many points you've got. Tell you what, so, Dave,
1: I worry we're really about to get shown up here. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't think you are. Okay. I made that, that one a little bit more obtuse, just so you could kind of get used to the sort of general feel to the game. Okay, okay. so for question one, who wants the honour? Mark? Because Dave did the example. Do you want the honour? Yeah, or... sure. Go on then. Okay, Okay, so question one. This game was developed in Scandinavia.
1: Um,
0: (sighs) Angry Birds. Incorrect. Okay. Dave? Minecraft.
2: Unbelievably, that is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, he's here to win. That is day four (laughs) points. Wow. God unbelievable damn. techers that's incredible that is <laughs> genuinely incredible okay question two and it's it's dave first
1: and that doesn't count because notch has been cancelled he doesn't exist anymore
2: <laughs> i mean marcus alexandra peterson i think is what his name was or alexei Peterson. Um, say marcus buff uh, bagwell <laughs> do you want the other three clues or should i just no 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 yeah, just... Just... Oh, uh, no 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 Come all right all right Okay, so. Uh, Jack so put in two, a lot of effort, so I want to pat on you, back not, for this. Yeah, you know, fair point, fair point. Number two was it was originally released on a forum and has since spread to all consoles and multiple other platforms. Number three, the gameplay experience relies heavily on the imagination of the user. And number four, though it's played in a 3D environment, it's incredibly blocky, which I was going to emphasize the word blocky if you haven't got it. And you sure it's um, not Angry
1: Birds? <laughs>
0: <It> <laughs> if we not. didn't get it by question three, and certainly yeah, question I know four. it we should just give up this show
2: <laughs> that's what i mean like the actual questions are they're not as obtuse as, as the example i was trying to try to scare you a little bit with that one okay, okay. so so serve, this, serve dave if you get the first question on this one dave i'm just i'm, I'm all, i might actually just give you the win automatically. Like, <laughs> okay so this game was 28th on guardians 50 best games of the 21st century fuck um Portal two. No. Mark. Journey. No. Good guess though. Um
0: Oh mine is a bad guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to encourage no, I don't know why I said that. Um so <laughs> number two. This game has five main modes.
0: Five main modes. Like individual game modes.
2: This game has five main modes. I don't wanna to say too much <laughs> with a clear because... Sorry? Mario, Mario Kart Eight is incorrect.
1: Mark. Um the twenty first century. Um I'm Trying to think if like one of the Final Fantasy games has a bunch of modes, but no. Uh <sighs> what games have more than one modes? Uh I can't my brain is not coming up with anything.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm okay. gonna pass. I'm gonna pass.
2: Awesome. Okay. So number three, it was a console launch title. Oh. Dave. Oh.
0: Console launch title. now I'm trying to go back in my head like what games came out what generation um five different modes console launch title
2: i'm sure someone like listening is probably screaming yours.
0: <laughs> yeah it's not i have no reason to guess this apart from the fact that it was a console launch title so i'm just swinging at it breath of the wild
2: incorrect okay mark uh
1: switch one two No, because that would have Uh, not been in the top 50. That was a terrible guess. Goddamn.
2: Sorry, mate. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Number four, so the final one. It's one of the few games that's easier to play standing up rather than sitting down. Oh, Wii Sports. Wii Sports. It is Wii Sports. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because obviously your five main modes are your, your boxing, your baseball, you know. Ooh. That was
0: the one gen. That was the one console in my head that I missed. I was going like, okay, uh, Xbox, GameCube, and then I skipped straight to Xbox 360, PS3, and then went straight past. Didn't even think about <laughs> Nintendo that generation because I never owned one.
2: Yeah, it's okay. After the first double question hit, it's day five, Mark nil.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. So question third with Mark playing hit off here. This game was released in the same year that football almost came home in England.
0: It's not Uh, every two to four years since (laughs) 1966. (laughs) The
2: original year that, that that was a thing.
0: Crush Bandicoot.
2: No. Dave.
0: Super Mario 64.
2: No, but you'll both be pleased to hear that the next one is 3D Platformer.
0: Mark. <laughs> but we've narrowed it down considerably. 3D
1: platformer, 1996. <sighs> Spyro the Dragon? That might be, I feel like I'm a
0: year off with that. Incorrect. Yeah. Dave. So what are we at now? What are our
2: clues so far? Sorry. It was released in the same year that football almost came home in England and 3D platformer. This is for three points at this stage.
0: Um, 3D platformer. Football came home.
2: Um, I feel I have to press you for time here
0: fucking glover
2: no <laughs> mark number three this game features a quest to retrieve the scion what the fuck is this? uh is it tomb raider yes it okay. is tomb raider mark hey. is on the scoreboard
0: i was so sure that was 1997 that i was like nah i'm not i'll look dumb if i say that <laughs>
2: Okay, and then the main—the fourth question was the main character is arguably the second most famous archaeologist after Indiana Jones. I I genuinely, (laughs) I was thinking
1: Tomb Raider on my first guess, but um, just you know, whatever.
2: Yep. Okay. Question the fourth. Dave, lead off here. Here, the setting for this game is based on a real life area.
0: Sorry, please, please repeat that.
2: Setting for this game. Is based on a real life area.
0: Grand Theft Auto Five.
2: No. Mark. The Getaway. No. Question number two of question four. This game is from a top down perspective. Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: <laughs> is it Grand Theft Auto
2: London? It is not. Oh. And I've been a bastard here, because I knew you would think that.
0: <laughs> top Down took away my joke answer, which was to tee off Mark's one and say it was the getaway Black Monday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so what Top Down game is in a real-life location?
0: It's based on a real-life
1: location. Oh, based on a real-life, yeah, based on a real-life location. Um, okay, Hotline Miami?
2: Incorrect. Hmm. Number three... Cities and towns in this game are named after colours. Oh Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh fuck. Sounds like Mark's got it. Can they pull it out of the bag?
0: (sighs) No, I don't think I have
2: it. Are you passing?
0: Advance
1: wars.
2: (laughs) No. Mark.
1: It's Pokemon, red and blue.
2: It is Pokemon yeah. Red and Blue. Ah. Kanto is actually based on the real-life region of Kanto in Japan. Yes, It's obviously top-down. Viridian City, Cerulean, yeah. Lavender Town. Uh, and the fourth one, which I put in just if you didn't get it to pop you, despite being 11 years old, your mom is happy for you to go off and venture <laughs> to become a world champion. <laughs> <laughs> right, so after, t- after two rounds here, it is day five, Mark four. getting close boys after that absolute stunner in the first round that dave like hell of a left hook mark's been working the body i feel like i set the
0: expectations for this too high
2: (laughs) i actually (laughs) initially was terrified that you were just gonna breeze through this i've gone back to par now (laughs) okay so question the fifth mark who's going first now mark it's me uh, mark you're the leader here this game has sold shy of 17 million copies, 9 million in its first year.
1: Uh, okay, 17 million copies, 9 million in its first year. Um, oh,
0: Jesus. uh, Halo.
2: No. Dave? 9 in its first year.
0: 17 total.
2: Just shy of 17.
0: So we're thinking an. Inst-
2: so you know it's a big game,
0: and this is the original version of the game, not like ports and stuff have.
2: Correct.
0: This exact installment, so it's a pretty popular one. Not called a Judy popular, but popular outside of that.
2: Look, I love hearing for time. I love it hearing his thought process though. It's, it's interesting. A little insight into the old countdown cogs Ticking in his head It'd
0: be much bigger if it was on every console Potentially So I'm thinking it's a first party
2: I don't believe that was part Of the question
0: But no, you're no, fi- no I'm You, just you are free
2: to vamp You are free to vamp I hear that countdown okay, cogs ticking No,
0: cause ju- ju- no just because we talked about it last week on the show I'm going to take a swing Is
2: it The Last of Us It is not it is. fuck. <laughs> okay so the second part. Part of this game is about foiling a wedding.
1: This is Bouvier! Foiling a wedding? <laughs> uh, ooh, I am trying to rack my brains. Foiling a wedding. Oh! <laughs> All right.
2: Sounds like you need to I, rack fast, son.
1: I think he's got it. Foiling a wedding. Man, what in the world is that? I I. Don't think I'm gonna come up with anything in the next minute, so yeah, Dave, I guess it's yours to take if you can get it.
2: Are you passing this? Yeah, yeah I'm
1: passing it.
0: Okay. Dave? Is it Super Mario Odyssey?
2: It is Super Mario oh. Odyssey. God damn. <laughs> uh I was so thinking yeah.
0: Weddings and games Jack has played <laughs> is exactly where how I got to that. <laughs> uh
2: so yeah, uh the the next clue after that was you're switching between levels in an airship, and finally the main character uses a cap to possess creatures and objects, creating odd anthropomorphism. So,
1: yeah, that's very specific.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but yeah, I didn't want you guys to really like crater out on these. Um, okay, so
1: and I was making my question comeback six.
2: There. Question six here. This game has a presence. Danny Dyer.
0: Oh shit. Fuck, what game is Danny Dyer in? (laughs) Exactly. I fucking know this one. Am I first? You are. Yeah. I'm just gonna go. Was this the Getaway? It is not. (laughs) I swear to God, if it's the Getaway Black Monday, I'm quitting this podcast.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, Dave, but yeah, Mark. If you just say the getaway Black Monday, you're all good here. Um, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs>
0: fuck. We talked about this on this podcast. I could fucking swear I've said Danny Dyer's in this game out I, loud and I've not got too to long say, ago. It
1: has to be a Grand Theft game. It has to be. Um. It's. Oh, wait.
2: Was it Vice City? It is not Vice City. <sighs>
0: no, it's not. I'm it's afraid. recent. It's recent.
2: Okay. Number two. The main character of this game lives in a cul-de-sac. Is it Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? It is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking of?
2: And I'm actually.
0: I, no, because I, I don't have my phone died and I don't want to fuck up Skype, could somebody could somebody Google Danny Dyer Rage 2? Because that was my guess up until you said cul-de-sac. <laughs>
2: okay, let's take a brief one. Danny Dyer Rage 2. <laughs> oh, dear. Danny Dyer is also in Grand Theft Auto Vice City,
0: though. Oh. I but think. that wasn't the game you had.
2: No. Uh-huh. Yep. How to get Danny Dyer in Rage 2. Everything <sighs> oh, you need God. to know. Yeah
0: i could it's, swear that was a news story we
1: it's, did <laughs> it's too late and i don't have the energy to contest this okay
2: it's uh dave 11 mark 4 right now need a big one here mark Alright. okay so this game's central location is in michigan would it be
1: i've made it to used to be would it be, just, would it be detroit the david coach
0: game it is not names.
2: Detroit become human? No.
0: Okay, that was immediately in my mind as yeah. well,
2: and I did that for that reason. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I figured that was yeah. yeah.
2: All right. Um, I've laid traps
0: here. <laughs> yeah, you have. You're you're, you're on four dimensional chess here, my friend. Um, fuck, mm. it. I'm gonna pass.
2: Okay. There's only one weapon of note in this game
1: <sighs> Nah, nah i got nothing
0: no eh? Nah, i got nothing dave right okay look this is gonna seem really dumb when i say it out loud but I, I literally do you know one of those times where somebody says something and it just sticks out in your head and i'm pretty sure sh- like could be wrong but i don't I I don't remember the location of this game ever being said, but the only game I can think of where you only have one weapon of note is Portal. It is Portal. Oh my god. (laughs) Portal Portal is in fucking Michigan?
2: Yeah. What the? Where did you find that? I know. I was trying to find a way of uh, making it so the first question was very difficult to access.
0: Like, is it in detroit aperture science no it's in michigan though just just general unspecified michigan
2: yeah no so the location of the complex is the upper peninsula of michigan also known as the up it's a there's a northern of two major peninsulas that make up the u.s state of michigan bounded primarily by lake superior i absolutely like i if
0: if it wasn't for the the one weapon thing i I was never getting that off michigan no
2: (laughs) no jesus christ but i've set all those first questions up to be really obtuse so the trap that i laid on the first one was that i thought you would go for hitman because you know how much i love hitman and those guys are from denmark so yeah (laughs) But that one didn't work. I was I was appalled by how quickly he got that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, number three was the sense of isolation in this game is only punctuated by a faceless antagonist. And number four, your main companion is an inanimate object, and your reward for completion is dessert. <laughs>
0: Very
2: good. <laughs> Very
0: good. Yes.
2: Okay. Question eight starting to look like you need something here mark but dave you're the leader here so an american magazine based around a specific console chose to completely refuse to acknowledge that this game existed
0: (sighs) oh is it wind waker
2: no can i get the question again So an American magazine based around this game's console that the game came out on chose to completely ignore the fact that this game existed.
1: Moonshot Mortal Kombat?
0: No.
2: Okay.
0: I chose Wind Waker, by the way, because I remember everybody being real mad about how this isn't Zelda. (laughs) Just in case people think I'm insane and just saying words.
2: I mean, like, the first questions are not, like, it is moonshot territory to get them, because they are all very difficult.
1: Yeah, fucking what for Dave, they
0: didn't know, didn't it?
2: <laughs> I I am very disheartened by
0: that. <laughs> Jack, I can assure you now, I will never get one of those again.
2: <laughs> okay, so number two. Health in this game is chocolate.
0: Oh, right, okay.
2: What was the first thing? The magazine chose to acknowledge the existence of this game. Is it conquer Yeah. It is It is Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Boom. Oh dear. <laughs> it is uh it's it's seventeen points to Dave and four for Yeah. Oh well. Um Do you wanna I, do the i mean do you course. wanna do the last two of questions? Course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Right nine this game has been selected for a place in the museum of modern art
0: it's mark first isn't it it is
1: mark first museum yeah. of modern art um uh, pff, space invaders
2: no dave pac-man no both good guesses number two seven expansion slash DLC packs for this game have been produced since it was originally released (laughs) Street Fighter 2 no Dave
0: World of Warcraft
2: no three there is no way to beat this game
1: which one of those fucking coin-ops is
0: it frogger
2: no dave
0: God, donkey kong no no you can be donkey kong but you get to a kill screen don't you instead of actually beating it ah you still be arcade it. version okay take one. it up with billy mitchell i was gonna
2: say <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> the last one here the main goal of this game is the maintenance of life
1: honestly you could start that as uh, clue number one and i'd be just as lost is it, or have you passed, Mark? No, or? no, no, not yet, not yet. Maintenance of life. Yeah. What
2: fucking coin op? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say you're on the wrong track.
1: Oh well, I mean, like, if you're thinking of it that way, I, I've no idea.
2: Okay, you passing? Yeah, I'm passing. Dave. The Sims. It is The Sims.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! Of course.
2: Okay. Yeah, uh, you can't beat The Sims. No. Um, there were seven expansions from yeah, the original yeah, Sims. Yeah. My word. And uh, yeah, it's in the Museum of Modern Art. Crazy, right?
1: That is crazy. Both the
2: games, both the games that you said, are both also in the Museum of Modern Art.
1: Okay. Well, at least <laughs> I've got that going for me. Yeah.
2: Uh, question ten, and final question. Dave. A game dreamt up by Australians.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Um, Mad
2: Max. No, Mark.
1: Wait, a a game dreamt up by Australians? Yes. Man, my knowledge of video games from australia are pretty limited
0: all i could think of was the how did this get made manzuka's joke about speed 2 being based on a dream by yon the Bond.
2: <laughs> i was thinking of um, dash dingo from uh, <laughs> from that episode <laughs> of the simpsons where lisa has to stay home sick
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm, no nah, i got nothing
2: okay all right number two the idea from this game originated from a group chat and a photograph
0: I definitely know the answer to this question I feel like that's a trivia thing I've heard before Octodad
2: no Mark
1: I I still have nothing I can't even moonshot something from that
2: okay Pass.
1: Um,
0: uh, I don't know Bioshock.
2: It was not Bioshock.
0: Right.
2: Hmm. Number three, despite oh, if you
0: would an- got me on Bioshock,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I kind of wish that was true. Number three, despite its Antipodean roots, the game is actually set in an English town.
0: Did you put in that question just to say Antipodean?
2: Because that's no. what I
0: do. Set
2: I'd, in an... i'd already written australian so i was trying to think of other ways of saying australian
0: <laughs> set in an english town yes is it the getaway black monday
2: <laughs> <laughs> dave it is not <laughs> mark
1: <laughs> all right i guess i have gotta think what games were set in english towns but uh... i'm definitely not going with gta london so, what else is there? What else is there? Can't even, can't even come up with an error. Nah, nah, nothing.
2: Okay, the final one. Your main character isn't human, but they can still raise some serious hell.
0: It's a devil may cry. It is not.
2: It's a dude from oh. Devil May Cry, not human.
0: He's half human.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. There's a whole thing. There's an angel, there's a demon.
0: It's, yeah. We don't have that kind of time. No. No, we don't.
2: <laughs> <sighs> I'll repeat it again. Your main character isn't human, but they can still raise some serious hell.
1: Is it specifically anyone who plays Through the Fire and Flames on Expert Mode and Guitar Hero?
2: <laughs> no. Because that's, uh, that's,
1: that's That's all I got. That was a real okay, shot. Okay, so
2: for the half point at the end, the game was originally <laughs> released on PC, Mac, and the Nintendo Switch before spreading to other consoles. So you now have a time frame.
0: A Nintendo Switch.
1: What in God's name, Jack? Where did you pull this one up from?
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, it's going to be right in front of our faces. I know oh, no, it is. Of course it is.
1: Of course it is. PC, Mac, and then Switch. Yeah, on the it's same day. Not human. English town. Dave, a
2: final guess. Um, set in
0: an English town. PC. Mac. <laughs> Crucially, Switch. it was on Mac, so that will now that yeah, will file it. Of down. course. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: no, I don't think I have anything. Not even a guess. Mm. So, like, I'll give you. Yeah, it came to Mac, PC, and Switch, and then two months later, it was released on PS4 and Xbox. Oh, three uh, months later sorry
0: after party and
2: it's not after pie mark I, to go out with a half point here i
1: don't i can't even get the half point i can't my brain is not coming up with anything i've got nothing
2: so okay what if i told you that it came out in the last year and a half maybe but no the I last mean, year
0: <laughs> i'd be even more mad it came out in the last year I I feel like again this is one of those we talked about on the show and specifically noted at this time. <laughs> oh, God,
2: my words! Not only has everyone spoken about this game, but uh, there have been memes and. Uh... Oh,
1: it's fucking Untitled Goose oh, Game.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Untitled Goose Game.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. God damn it! Yeah. I and, and all...
0: I do remember now that trivia fact
2: that it was a photo
1: and a group chat. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Oh, I should
1: remember it was an Australian developer as well. I remember them talking about that.
2: Yep, set in a small English town. And yeah, yeah I thought from like, your main character isn't human, but can still raise hell. I, I thought
1: I I went biblical with that and couldn't come up with anything. So I just, okay. just tried to suppress the urge to do Steve Austin when you said that.
2: <laughs> Goddamn, kid! <laughs> Goddamn, kid! <laughs> okay, well,
1: uh, I think Dave has won this emphatically. So.
2: Scoreboard uh, was Dave18 and Mark4 so yeah but the thing is mark you get to come up with your own quiz and torture living shit out of me very very soon so and i'm looking forward to doing that <laughs> i'm yeah. sure you are
0: i hope everybody enjoyed listening in and guessing along and shouting at us for being idiots uh that's the end of our as yet untitled game that uh, we will be ending our shows with going forward um we will see you again next week, where our big topic of the week is going to be looking back at the PlayStation 4. Uh, we're coming up on the end of it this year, with PS5 coming up uh, during the holiday season. Uh, so we're going to look back at some of our favorite memories from 2013 to the present day on, on the PlayStation 4. Uh, at link to the cast is where you want to go to keep up with uh, our shows and when we ask for questions and different things like that um individually i'm at the day to dave mark is at lithium project jack is at jack lays um and yeah we'll, we'll see you all next week thanks for tuning in bye